Blog Talk Radio. to the balance. My name is Tom Marcos, the president. president. Hey, I am the host of this ship for the next two hours. I will guide you through this crazy world of sports, and we have got a lot to talk about. Certainly a big win from Michael McDowell last week in the Daytona 500, and I don't know about you, but I fell asleep. I actually thought that it wasn't going to happen, and so I just kind of just tuned out, but I was totally wrong, and what a dramatic finish that was. We'll be talking about that later on in the show, but one of the biggest news here on the home front in Indianapolis, where our studios are located high atop the balance studios in the west suburbs of Indianapolis, is Carson Wentz. The Eagle has landed, uh, and we're going to be talking with uh, Matthew Hicks here in just a moment, who's standing by in the balance green room. We're going to be talking about the impact that that has with Colts. Colts fans, well, we shook our heads and and scratched our our heads and raised our eyebrows when Phillip Rivers came to town. Guys, everything's going to be okay. This might be a perfect uh, spot uh, for uh, Carson Wentz. Uh, or Philip Wentz, whatever you want to say. 917-889-8516 is our digits. We're also going to be talking with Tony Donahue from the Tony D Podcast about that big win for Michael McDowell last week in Daytona, as well as Ed Kraft at, toward the end of the show, obviously beat writer for the the Philadelphia Eagles and SI.com, our official NFL contributor. So who better to chime in on the – who better – to chime in on the uh, 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 Carson Wentz trade. And so we'll get into all of that coming up next. Stick around. It's about to get good. The Air National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family. So the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. I've been playing four on four with a barber shark quartet. We're open. Just pass the ball. 
Nah, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with Geico. Yeah. Believe it, Geico could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Oh, hi. Uh, hey. Seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle Coffee here? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted. So, I don't, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Lekwa Pique, which, of course, in the Indonesian language, oh, let me finish. In the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they investor philanthropists? Do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes. But it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wanting. Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it. They make it fresh and roasted. Okay. Right. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. Coffee joining us now, Matthew Hicks. How are you, sir? I'm well. How are you? Good. I tell you what, have you had any of that Black Rifle Coffee that we've been talking about? No, I have. I have not. Sounds great. Oh, oh, you got to have some. It's great. Here's the good thing about it is, it's you don't you don't have to buy coffee. You just you just join their little club thingy. It's like subscribing to Hulu, whatever, anything that you want. It's right there. All different kinds of flavors. And I tell you what, I start the day off every day with Black Rifle Coffee. I got a Black Rifle mug. And so just whatever you decide is it works for you. But here's the great thing about this, Matt, if you didn't know this. Every bag that you buy, they match a bag to the uh, uh, first responders and active duty troops. I have a friend whose uh, son is in the Navy, and their entire ship, the coffee that they serve on the entire ship, is a uh, the Black Rifle Coffee, all because of people like us that nice. buy the Black Rifle Coffee. There you go. They call that a read nice. in. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, Matt. Let's let's talk a little bit about why we what what's going on here in Indianapolis. Just a little bit of a buzz. Here we go. Uh, we're gonna we'll take it from both uh, both ends, the, the pros and the cons, and. You know, I I, I, I kind of I have I have to admit I have my doubts, had my doubts about Philip Rivers. How many people just hated the the Colts organization for even bringing on uh, Philip Rivers? And how many four letter expletives did we see on social media about how ridiculous Frank Ballard is, Jim Irsay, and now here we are again. Everybody thinks that we're going to – we need to find Peyton Manning. Well, Peyton Manning is retired and has been retired for a while, Matthew. It is time for the Colts to realize that we are a good football team. 
we are really one quarterback away from uh, being a good uh, a Super Bowl contender. And let's not forget that Carson Wentz took the Philadelphia Eagles to the Super Bowl. Granted, he did not play in the actual game, but most of all of the activities that happened was not due to that of Nick Foles. Matthew, what are your thoughts about Carson Wentz? The Eagle has landed here in Indianapolis. Well, I, I like the trade for many reasons. One, it's low risk, high reward. A, a third-round pick this year, and let's be honest, likely a first-round pick next year. And if this works out, that's going to be a late first-round pick. It's going to be in the 20s, which is where they're picking this year. Um, I wish I shared your optimism about the Colts. I, I don't think they're a quarterback away. I, I, I think they're a left tackle, a, cor- a cornerback, a defensive end, and one or two wide receivers and a quarterback away. I think this team is good, not great. They have done nothing to show me they are ready to contend with um, Kansas City. Now, Kansas City, we can, you know, you're always as good as your last game. And they didn't look great in their last game, but they were, they were pretty banged up. And I still think they're the class of the AFC. I also think Buffalo will be a year better. Um, the Colts game plan in Buffalo nearly got them that game. Uh, they overthought it in moments clearly, uh, and didn't come out with the win, but the reality of it was is they weren't winning the next week and they definitely weren't winning the week after that. They, they, they've got massive holes on this team. What I like about the trade is this, they don't have to give up a lot of assets in which to fill those massive holes. They somehow, their quarterback cap number is going to be less than last year, assuming they don't sign a veteran backup. At this point, I don't know why you do. Because if Carson Wentz doesn't work out, you see what you have in Jacob Eason, and you move on, and likely there's probably organizational changes at that point as well. Uh, so I guess my point is, I like it. I like the trade. If it works out, it's good for everybody. And if it doesn't, it probably promotes the next organizational trade uh, change because it didn't work out. And it's time to maybe move on from the coaching staff or maybe move on maybe from the general manager position. I don't think they do that if the quarterback, if this quarterback didn't work out. Um, but in the NFL, the quarterback's the most important position. And if you don't have one, you don't have one. All the Colts so, need Carson Wentz to do is be in the top half of the league. I think he can accomplish that with Frank Reich. Well, and I guess that answers the, the next question I have. What what do we define success in Carson Wentz? Because if we here's the thing, and I know Colts fans very well because I am one, and and I'm sure you've seen the social media and everything that's, that's being talked about uh, Carson Wentz. They they've are they are already ready to to get him out of town before he's even snapped a single single ball. So. They've got this high bar, fans do, this high expectation of Carson Wentz. What's realistic uh, for the fans to expect? What defines success in the fans' fans' eyes? And let's face it, how many people did not like the idea of Phillip Rivers coming? But at the end of the season, a lot of people would have liked the idea of him staying. Well, I I don't know. I'm kind of like in the opposite. I – I liked when they signed Philip Rivers. I thought it made sense. Um, I, I liked it a lot. Um, but when the season wore on, and especially in the playoff game, you realized that, that, his, that his time in the NFL was over. Now, he didn't have the regression 
in season that Peyton Manning did. If you remember Peyton Manning's last year in Denver, now, yes, they won the Super Bowl. I get that. But he was, like, terrible. Remember, they, like, said, oh, you're injured, remember? And they started Brock Osweiler for four games. I mean, he was really bad the last season. So we didn't see that out of Phillip Rivers. He was quite serviceable. But anytime he tried to throw outside the numbers, like, he just didn't have the zip on it anymore. He was completely immobile at the end of the season. You just can't be an NFL quarterback like that anymore. I mean, even look at Tom Brady at 87 years old. He can still step aside with ease. He can – he can kind of trot for a, you know, a first down if it's wide open. Um, Breeze, even to an extent, was more mobile than, than Rivers. So, so anyway, I, I thought they had to move on from Rivers. Whether they pushed him out the door or he came to that conclusion on his own, we'll never really know. But I, I think they needed to move on. Realistic expectations is a playoff position. With the expanded playoffs, there's no excuse, zero excuse for this team to miss the playoffs. And if you think about it, they nearly did last year. I mean, mm-hmm. in the old playoff format, they would have not made it. And mm-hmm. I think that's very important to remember. They are a borderline playoff team. They are, they are not a Super Bowl contender. They are a borderline playoff team. They have a lot of cap space. I, I expect the Colts to um, judiciously use some of that. I think they will try to recoup some draft capital, whether that means moving down in the first round or out of the first round or moving down in the second round or out of the second round to get some picks back, uh, whether it be for next year or more this year. Uh, but as I thought it was very telling, Chris Ballard was on the Dan Dockett show about two weeks ago, I think. And mm-hmm. he said something that really spoke to me. He said, the window is not wide open for this team. It's just starting to crack open. So that tells me they are on a, they're on a trajectory for about three years from now to be in their mind, Super Bowl contenders. So they're going to be a playoff team this year. They should win the division next year, or I should say next year be a playoff team. The division after that would be a great goal for them. And then following that, that's when I think they've arrived as, as true Super Bowl contenders. When this young talent that they've got now is in the complete prime of their careers. Uh, Hopefully Carson Wentz works out. He's again, above average. You just need him to be 15th or better. And it's a successful trade. We're talking with Matthew Hicks about Carson Wentz coming to Indianapolis. Like it or not, he's here. Uh, here's, uh, let me uh, give you a quote from Stampede Blue. I'm sure you're familiar with that uh, blog. If you're a Colts fan, it's a very popular blog uh, that's out there, and it's uh, about the Colts. Uh, this is from Stampede Blue. It says, we, he's got a lot to prove to me. Wentz finished 31st in EPA per drop back last year. Simply not put good – Quarterbacks are rarely that bad. For a reference, Brissett was 24th in 2017 and 20th in 2019. And even in 2011, Colts finished higher than 31st. Okay, 30th. But still, in his five years of the league, Wentz's EPA efficiency has ranked 20th, 2nd, 15th, 18th, and 31st. He's had one good year and has progressively gotten worse. What are your thoughts on that? His one good year was with Frank Reich, so I will take that. Um, there is something to be said about uh, the system fitting the person, and I think this system fits him well. Again, I'm not looking for him to be second in QBREPASTGXYZ. I'm looking him, for him to be in the top 15 in touchdowns to interception ratio, ratio. I'm looking for him to be in the top 15 of yards per attempt. That's it. I don't care about anything else. 
Nothing else matters. I know we get into the advanced statistics, and he, you know, even though he holds the ball too long, I guarantee he won't hold the ball too long. Uh, he won't. I, they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna create an offense for him that is um, a, you know, he'll be a pass first quarterback, of course, but he uh, he does have legs. He is mobile. That will be an option for him as he gets more comfortable in this offense, and it will be timing stuff with Hines, with um, Pittman, with. Uh, Campbell with a new receiver, whether it be Eugene Hilton or someone else. Um, there'll, there'll be some weapons for him to use, but don't get confused here. He is going to hand the ball off to Taylor, to Hines, maybe Marlon Mack 25 to 28 times a game. This is not a 40, 40 attempt pass team. I, I guarantee it. So when we had Peyton Manning, we had, we had Marvin Harrison. Uh, what kind of co- combination would we look for with Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz, and insert name there? Well, you know, I think they do need a deep threat. That might be Campbell. Um, Harrison was a wonderful deep threat wide receiver. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, Most he's definitely. Hall of Famer. I mean, you know, he's great. <laughs> he was amazing at it. Um, but I, Campbell can, can be um, that role. I mean, not the same quality. But he can fill that role. I like Pittman as a possession receiver. You seem to have those two things taken care of. What you need is a great slot receiver. Is it Naheem Hines? You know, do, do, they, do they load up with a, a two tight end single backfield with Hines in the backfield and Wentz, you know, stomps his foot and Hines goes to the slot? Uh, that could be some – there's some wild possibilities of Hines that they did not get to use last year because of Marlon Mack's injury so early in the season. I think – I actually – and I've read this. This is not anything that I've come up with. But mm-hmm. I think it does make sense to bring Marlon Mack back as a contributing running back with Taylor and Hines. And then you have a great running back room that's versatile that you can use out of the backfield to catch passes. So, again, maybe, you know, maybe five passes are to the running back, but those are essentially as good as runs. They're safe passes that will – get Hines in space and allow him to do his thing and do a flip in the end zone, hopefully. So wide receiver is a huge question mark on this team. It's a deep free agency class at wide receiver. It's also a deep class in the draft. Uh, You know, locally here in Indiana, there's one name that screams to me, and it's Rondell Moore. Boy, I think he looks pretty darn good in a Colts uniform. And I don't know. I don't know. I haven't really looked at a lot of the mock drafts. But my guess is he's a late second round, early third round pick is my guess. So that might be an opportunity for you to trade out of the second round and get a little more draft capital back and, and get a guy that you think is going to be a, a great contributor to your team. We're talking with Matthew Hicks. We're talking about the Carson Wentz trade. Let's break down the trade itself and and, and let's dumb it down for those that don't understand uh, how the trade was put together. Uh, That came out wrong. Not that anybody that doesn't understand dumb. It's just that, hey, a lot of people don't get uh, soaked up in the facts like you and I do, Matthew. Let's break down the, the trade itself. What did the Colts get? What did the Colts give away, and uh, was what they're giving away for what we're getting worth for what we're getting? Yeah, I think it does. You're giving up a third-round pick in this upcoming draft, and, you know, you, you hear a conditional future draft pick. The reality of it is, is that future draft pick is going to be a first-rounder. There's, there's almost zero, barring injury, 
uh, chance that that does not become a first-round draft pick. He basically has to take 70% of the offensive snaps for that future pick to be a first-round pick. So let's just assume at this point that's the case. But, you know, you, you, you take that risk. You, you feel you have a quarterback for at least four years now. That, that's what the Colts feel like. They feel like they have their starting quarterback for at least four years. However, let's get into the financial implications. The financial implications are this. They are committed to him financially for two seasons, this upcoming season and the next season. They can move on with very limited effect after two seasons. Obviously, you've given up the draft picks. Those are gone. But if it doesn't work out, two years from now, you can easily move on from Carson Wentz. Also, here's the other little fun part of this. If he becomes what you think he's going to become, you're on the hook for about $25 million a season to him. For a starting quarterback that's in the top half of the league, that's kind of a steal. So that works out quite well. You can build a team around this. This isn't going to be a massive percentage of your cap like for example, if you still had an Andrew Luck or if you were trying to trade for a Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson. I mean, this is a very cap-friendly deal for the Colts. So, um, again, I come back to low risk, high reward. We'll see. It's hard to say how it's going to work out. Um, you never know. But uh, just signs point to me that this is going to work. I don't know that he's going to be an MVP candidate ever again. I don't know that that is in his future. But, again, a solid I, – I think the great example that was pointed out to me earlier in the week was Ryan Tannehill. Not a great quarterback in Miami, but now a very serviceable, probably top 10 fringe, top 10 quarterback in the league in Tennessee. I, I, I see that kind of future for Carson Wentz in Indianapolis. Do you think that because we, we, we got Wentz that we should not be having a conversation with, uh, that many other teams are having, obviously the Browns, the Packers, the Bears, uh, the Steelers, why not throw the Colts' names in there? And maybe we talked about this before, but what, would it make sense? Wouldn't it be great for Carson and, and, and Watts to get together, both together in a Colts uniform? Yeah, so that's a great point, and I think that's something that Colts fans always get excited about when they see a big-name free agent out there. They think, well, does he fit on our team? Now, actually, I actually think, depending on price, J.J. Watt actually does fit with the Colts quite well because he's a guy that you know is like going to be great in the locker room. You also offer him the opportunity to beat the hell out of Houston twice a year, which I'm sure he kind of wants to do. Um, so there's, there's a couple of things going for him there. Um, I don't know how we sell our situation to him better than Cleveland, better than Green Bay, uh, better than playing with his brothers in Pittsburgh. But I do think it makes a lot of sense. And we can offer him something that maybe some of those other teams can't, and that's more playing time. I think he is an every-down player with the Colts. I'm not sure he's an every-down player with those other teams. I, I think he's, he's a guy that can help you on first and second down. And, then of course, he's always disruptive on third down. So, for example, it was like of the, the big name, um, uh, I mean, true, like, big name pass rushers, Watt, Von Miller. Watt makes more sense to me than Von Miller. Uh, but there are other guys that are a, less, a little less well-known that would fit in very well here, probably for considerably cheaper cap space. 
So we saw Odell Beckman suffer a lot with the Browns over the past year. And certainly when you get into the rumor mill talk, there's talk that the Browns might be wanting to negotiate him. Would the Colts have a conversation with the Browns regarding Odell Beckman? They shouldn't. I hope not. I think he's, he's a guy that can screw up your locker room in a hurry. Um, not with this young receiving staff. I, I, I hope not. I, I kind of hope they still steer clear of, of – actually, I, I don't really fall in love with any of these wide receivers that are free agents uh, or available if Odell Beckham is available. I'm not a, I'm not a huge fan. Um, I don't really like Godwin from Tampa Bay, who's a free agent. Uh, he's a drop master. I just I don't think that works well for a guy like Wentz. Wentz needs sure, super sure-handed guys to build up his confidence. Um, so Godwin doesn't make sense to me. And then Antonio Brown is kind of like, boy, it's like another one that's like sort of intriguing because he's yeah, that got would be talent, a, but he's a, that'd be a but he's a nut. <laughs> I mean, right? Yeah. yeah. So I I, I kind of put you know Antonio Brown and Odell Beckham maybe unfairly in the same boat. Like, let's just see how they work out for other teams. I. I I don't really care to know how they work out for, for any let me, just, let me just observe from the observation deck. Yes, let's what observe about, from afar, yes. <laughs> what about Julio, Julio Jones from the Falcons? I mean, the Falcons are yeah, still in a full rebuild great, mode. Yeah, that's a great – now, that, that's the type of player that, like, you know, you, you, you take a flyer on maybe if he's available or an A.J. Green or – there, there's there's guys like that that I think make so much more sense for Indianapolis from a veteran leadership standpoint that may have a little bit left. But I, I don't want to rule out uh, T.Y. Hilton. I think Hilton on the right deal makes a boatload of sense for this team. Um, it still doesn't solve, I think, their biggest issue. And I think their biggest issue is the slot. I, I just I, – I think that's what they need. And I wouldn't be shocked – if they use, I know this is going to sound crazy. Wouldn't be shocked if they use a first round draft choice on a wide receiver. That's kind of like my dark horse pick. Um, Cause they just need help with the wide receiver room. Um, you know, they, I, I they totally... could, there's a lot they could do with that offensive line. There's a lot they can do with that defensive line, but that wide receiver room, not that it's devoid of talent. They just need help in there. I totally 100% agree with you. I mean, another name that comes to hand there is from the Vikings, Adam Thien. I mean, there's a, a, a good chance that he'll come up for trade. Another another name to talk about, it's another Eagles, and I know the Chargers are deep into trying to nail him, and, and, and that would be Zach Ertz. I know we got Jack Doyle. Jack Doyle, awesome, awesome home, uh, homeboy guy, and he does a fantastic job, but he needs a little help. And Zach Ertz, I think, would be – Zach Ertz or Adam Thien would fill that slot – uh, position that you're talking about actually yeah Zach Ertz to me that, that's the guy that I actually thought might cause the Colts to include more draft capital I thought they might be getting both of them and I, I'm still not ruling out that possibility of them getting Zach Ertz I know we've heard San, uh, San Diego I'll put a nickel in the <laughs> Uh, Los I said Chargers San Diego I know that did that I said it oh. I, I said it <laughs> I said it too <laughs> but I know they're in deep LA I know Chargers. they're in deep, but the LA Chargers are in deep with him. But I, I, I think that's still a possibility, and that makes, I mean, that makes all the sense in the world for, for Indianapolis. I mean, here's a guy that's, you know, on the back end of his career and uh, could, could contribute, would fit, would uh, replace the Trey Burton role better than Trey Burton filled it. So that's anytime you can upgrade like that. Um, unlikely, probably two years remaining. 
you know, that's that's a great thing. We've been talking with Matthew Hicks of the trade with Carson Wentz. Uh, the the uh, the Colts kind of come back in preseason and training. We're going to start seeing them uh, more regularly in June, and then obviously getting into the the preseason. Hopefully, by that time, a lot of COVID will be behind us. Hopefully, we'll be able to have more fans in the stands. But any early predictions, bold predictions for the Indianapolis Colts? Um, I think it's going to be one of the more. I mean, we're already in it, right? I think it's going to be one of the more exciting off-seasons the Colts have had in a number of years. I think Chris Ballard is going to spend a little bit more than he has in the past. A lot of these upcoming extensions are still another year away. So I expect this team to look considerably different when the season starts. But as it stands and what we think will fill in, I think they're a playoff team. Are they more than that? No, I'm not sure they are. But but they're at least a playoff team. Matthew, let's look back real quickly before we let you go, and we're going to be getting into this uh, conversation more with Tony D from the Tony Do- Tony Donahue from the Tony D podcast about last week's big win, only win he's ever had actually in Daytona. Michael McDowell uh, wins in the wee hours of the morning, and I actually went to bed thought, well, what the. It's not going to happen. I was told by others that were at the track that this isn't going to get in. So I called it the night. I got up and found out that Michael Medell had won the Daytona 500. You talk about a, a race that you don't want to fall asleep on. That would have been one of them. Yeah, it was pretty wild. I actually did um, uh, watch it. Um, I was able to stay up and watch it because I had Monday off. So it was kind of nice. Uh, but yeah, it was it was great for Michael McDowell. I mean, I remember when he was like a Ford, a, a Toyota factory driver for, I think like wasn't Michael Walter Racing. I mean, that's how long the guy's been around. I mean, he's he's been around for quite a bit, and and, and seems by all accounts is just a great guy. Um, I must embarrassingly admit, I don't know if I've ever talked to him. I might have. He seems like the type of NASCAR driver that would you know be really cool. I don't know. <laughs> I know Tony thinks <laughs> the world of him. Tony Donahue you're going to have on later. I know Tony thinks the world of him. I, I know he likes him yeah. a lot. Um, but what a great win. Anytime groups like Trevor Bain did several years ago, that's like such a wonderful shot in the arm for groups like that. Um, it, you know, gets their, their, their brand on the map, their sponsor on the map. Here's a guy that was, you know, probably looking like the, the ride was about over with, and maybe he gets another two years or so out of this. So it's a great, wonderful thing. And, i tell you what, the road course tomorrow is going to be wild. I look forward to it. Oh, absolutely. And we're going to be talking more about that as well. Michael McDowell was on uh, Clay Travis this past week, and they were asking him about, you know, how did he do about his celebrating his win? He goes, he goes I, know, I know I'm going to be embarrassed by saying this, but it was actually kind of boring because everybody knows you're, it's not official to get through tech. And so he's like, right. I was so worried that something was going to happen in tech. I stayed with my, my guys and the car in tech until it got through tech. And then by the time we had our post driver meetings and stuff, it was like four o'clock in the morning and I had a, a get to sleep because I had media, media uh, responsibilities at 5 a.m. He goes, so that's how I celebrated my Daytona 500. <laughs> An hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> With an hour and a half, absolutely. That's Matt great. Hicks, That's great. we appreciate we appreciate you jumping on with us today, talking about this Carson Wentz. We this uh, saga is yet to uh, be told yet, so I'm interested to, to see how this all comes together. 
with the Colts, and and hopefully, you know, I don't think we got us a new franchise quarterback, but you know, hopefully, we've got us a, a decent quarterback that can that can get us through. Uh, I don't know the, the the trying times, maybe get us through the yeah. Well, no, listen, the, the, you know, at at best, you got a guy for two years, or at worst, you got a guy for two years. At best, maybe you do have a a franchise quarterback. I, I think it's possible. Uh, you know, we'll see, but I think it's at least possible. All right, Matt, we appreciate you joining us. You have yourself a good weekend. Let's try to get rid of some of the hey. snow this week. Yeah, please. Sounds good. <laughs> All right, buddy. We'll talk with you soon. See ya. Thanks. Matt, Matt Hicks joins us talking with us. And, of course, Matt's been around the Indy local radio for a long time now and certainly knows a lot about the Colts, a lot about racing. Always good to have him on, on the show with us and breaking down the the Colts trade for Carson Wentz. The, the Eagle has landed. We'll be right back with Tony Donahue from Tony D Podcast. Going to be talking some Daytona 500 right here on the Balance Radio Network.
investor philanthropists? Do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes, but it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wanting. Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it. They make it fresh and roasted. Okay. Right. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. Welcome back to The Balance. Thank you to Matthew Hicks for joining us and talking with us about the the trade with the Colts and Carson Wentz. I'm sitting here with my Black Rifle coffee. Make sure you guys get you some Black Rifle coffee. The great thing about it is every time you buy a bag of Black Rifle coffee, it goes to support troops and first responders. So it's certainly a good uh, cause to have. Tony Donahue of, of the Tony D Podcast. How are you, sir? Good. How you doing? Fantastic. You know, I'll get your thoughts on this real quick, and then we're going to get into this Daytona uh, talk, and I appreciate you talking some NASCAR with us. Steve is able to join us today, but, you know, we titled the show, The Eagle Has Landed in Indianapolis. What are your thoughts about Carson Wentz being the next quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts? It's the same approach I'm taking that I took with Phillip Rivers last year, and it's simply this. You've got a lot to prove to me. You've got a lot to prove to this Colts fan base, and you've got a short amount of time to do it. Now, the trade itself, you know, it, the Colts didn't give up anything, really. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't farm out the future. They didn't they, – they're not going to take a big hit. Now, here's the thing. Are we going to get the Carson Wentz from 17-18, or are we going to get the frustrating Carson Wentz from last year? So, um, there's an equally amount of chance that this really works out and the Colts are Super Bowl contenders as there is a chance that he struggles, gets frustrated with himself, and they go 7-9. and nine. But I think a, a, a fresh outlook on things, um, you know, not having to worry about a team just drafting a first-round-type quarterback underneath him, um, partnering back up with Frank Reich, a guy that I know that he likes and respects a great deal. Um, I think sometimes you just need to change the scenery, and we get that with Carson Wentz. And uh, I think it's going to work out. Now, do I think this team is – going to be in the Super Bowl next year? Well, until anybody can prove to me that they're better than the Bills or the Chiefs, no. But the Colts, I think, could be right there if Carson Wentz gets back to where he was two or three years ago. And, you know, uh, we we talked about a quote from uh, the uh, Colts Stampy Blue blog uh, that was put out this week and basically saying the same thing you just said. He's got a lot to prove. Uh, but he had one really good year and has been gotten pre- – got progressively worse since then. Well, that one good year was with Frank Wright. So we'll, we'll see what happens. You know, the, the other thing is we've, we, we were talking about this in the last segment, you know, there's a lot of holes to fill. And one of those holes to fill is that, that slot uh, uh, spot. And we would like to think that T Y Hilton is that guy, but he's Mr. Unreliable. I mean, sometimes we've got the a hall of famer playing out there on the field with us. And then other times we, we, we like, no wonder he's called the ghost. And that's not really why he's called the ghost, but you call him the ghost because he, he doesn't show up. He's not there, you know. So uh, there's a lot of holes to fill with the Indianapolis Colts. I mean, yeah, it's tough. T.Y. Hilton, I mean, he's not he's not a number one guy anymore, but he still is very, very reliable when he's out there. Yeah, I mean, he's had some injuries and he's been double teamed a lot, but, but you, you can't really put all the blame on T.Y. Hilton. You know, you go from – having Andrew Luck pretty much your entire career to, okay, let's build the chemistry with, with somebody else. And, you know, 
and, and then all of a sudden that quarterback's not your starter, and then Andrew's back, and then oh, we got to go back and go build another another repertoire with Jacoby Brissett, and then oh, well he's not coming back, so uh, now you got to go build a repertoire with Philip Rivers, and and when you're on the backside of your career, it's tough to stay consistent when the quarterback position really isn't been that consistent. I think you use your number twenty-one pick to fill that hole with the on the left tackle. Uh, Michael Pittman Jr. is going to be a stud. I, I like oh, some yeah. of the receiving. Most definitely. Maybe you, maybe you go out and get another veteran receiver, a big body guy that can go up and make make some make some plays. Maybe you make a run at J.J. Watt if you get a chance to. But um, I, I, I think they'll be okay. They got a good young core, good young nucleus of great players. So um, that window to win is the next two years. We were talking about some of the players that might be a good fit. Certainly, J.J. Watt, everybody would be excited to have him. Another guy we talked about from the Falcons, Julio Jones. And and really, there's not – it's like $11.5 million that the Colts would even have to pay to to get him. Uh, So what are your thoughts about some of the receivers that are out there? You you think Julio Jones from the Falcons would be a good fit? I mean, Julio Jones, A.J. Green, somebody who, who can go up and make plays. But, again, you're looking at guys in the back end of their career. So, if you're going to complain about T.Y. Hilton being inconsistent because he's on the back end of his career, is the guy like Julio Jones still capable of going up and making these plays? And I, I, I think that if, if Michael Pittman's ready to be your number one option, you can get Julio in there at two, T.Y. Hilton in there at three, or maybe go get another big body receiver on Allen Robinson up in Chicago comes to mind. Um, then you can do that. But, but I mean, Julio Jones, is he going to give you the numbers that you consistently need? And that's a question mark as well. We're talking with Tony Donahue from the Tony D podcast. I do want to get into this uh, big win from Michael McDowell. I know you're a fan of his here in just a second, but I saw this uh, tweet, this, conversation from Taylor Tannenbaum. I don't know if you're familiar with her, but she works with WTHR. And and I don't know if you've been following the Pacers this, this year or not, but it's kind of a big story. After Monday's loss, a fan wasn't happy and requested $100 from Miles uh, on Vermo, Vimo, I guess that's one of those <laughs> new social media spots. Miles didn't Venmo, send him yeah. a... Venmo, yeah. Miles didn't send him a literal penny for his thoughts. Now other fans are sending Miles money in the Pacers. Uh, big man plans to donate that money back to his home state of Texas. I love it. I absolutely love it. Very rarely do you see a player react to a fan's uh, uh, criticism, but but what are your thoughts on that? Think it's classy, not classy, or funny? Um, I think man, I think Miles is probably one of the most mentally weak players that I've ever seen, and I, I think that that's been rubbed off on him when Lance and and David West and Paul George were there. Um, you know, there's I don't think there was any need for him to respond. He needs to be he needs to worry about his game, and and everybody uses the same excuse with Miles all the time. Well, he's 23, you know, he's young, he's young. Well, so is Demonis Sabonis, and Demonis Sabonis brings it every single night. Um, I've always thought Miles is more on the mentally weak side. This kind of continues to prove it to me. Um, instead of being it, – it, it's great that he's donating that money, but can we get some consistent games out of him? He gets his lunch eaten every night when he goes up against guys like Joel Embiid, Carl Anthony Towns, Andre Drummond, the, the, the bigger, more physical centers in the league. Um, yeah, I mean, it, 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 it was funny, but I, I think it just goes to show how, how, how mentally weak Miles Turner can be. And, I, and I've seen it throughout his entire career. And guys have always given him the excuse 
of, oh, well, he's 21. No, he's 21. He's 22 years old. Yeah, well, so is the right. bonus. The bonus of bonus is, is leaps and bounds further along in his career than what Miles ever will be. Absolutely. Well, let's get right into this conversation here. Last week, Daytona 500 turned out to be a marathon of a day and saw it coming. I, I, I told Melissa, I said, it's, this is getting to be where it's going to one delay after the, another delay. This is going to be a late day. And then I, uh, Steve texted me, he said, I'm actually leaving the media center now. He said, this race isn't going to happen tonight. So I took that on good authority that I could go to bed. And I did. And I woke up and I saw Michael McDowell had won not only his first Daytona 500, but his first win. And I, I know you like Michael McDowell. He's a good guy, good classy guy. And like I was just telling Matt, he was on uh, Clay Travis this week. And they asked him, you know, how did he celebrate his first Daytona 500 win? And he said, okay, I'm almost embarrassed to say this, but I didn't do – I." he goes, I was so worried about it getting through tech. I stayed with the car and the team all the way through tech. And by the time we got through with post-race meetings and everything, it was 4 a.m. I had meeting avail- media availabilities at 5. I went to sleep in the motorhome for an hour and got up, and, and that's kind of how I celebrated my – Daytona 500 win. What are your thoughts and takeaways from this year's Daytona 500? Yeah, I, I think first and foremost, you know, everybody's going to have this complaint no matter who you talk to, but it's true. You can't be starting these races at 3 o'clock. Like, you, you, just, you just absolutely can't. You, you've got to start these races at 1 o'clock. I mean, I know you want to, you want to tend to that West Coast audience, but, but you know, when 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 you could have gotten that race in by three o'clock, if you're out West and you really want to watch Daytona 500, you're a diehard fan. You're going to have no problem at nine o'clock on a Sunday morning, getting up and watching it. So obviously the the rain didn't help. And and then when, when the rain doesn't help, it it makes the infield grass that much more wet. You can't drive through it. So we saw what happened with that wreck on lap 14 where guys went through the infield to try to avoid the melee and you just couldn't do it because it tore up your race car. It was so wet down there. So, um, yeah, just, just the rain didn't help. I wouldn't play basketball and then got word that, Oh, Hey, they're going to fire them back up at nine 30. And I was like, well, I guess it's going to be a long night and early Monday morning coming for me and uh, we'll just see what happens. So, um, from that standpoint, you know, I just wish that the race would start a little bit earlier, uh, week in and week out. Um, but with that being said, for me, man, it was well worth the wait. I love Michael McDowell. I mentioned him on your show last year, or, or last week, excuse me. I mentioned him on my pod, on both of my podcasts last week. 66-1, to one, a long shot to win, gets it done, pays me out. Um, I've always liked Michael McDowell. He's a guy that has some IndyCar roots coming up through the ladder systems of IndyCar. Car was more of a road course guy, but got hooked up with Furniture Row Motorsports, which is, is, a, is a middle of the road team in NASCAR, but always seems to perform on the super speedways. They've won on super speedways before, uh, twice, I believe, with David Reagan. Uh, I think David Gilliland has a couple top five finishes. Michael McDowell is, always seems to be in that top 10 at Daytona and Talladega. And um, he was in the right place at the right time. He got hooked up on those Penske Fords. He had great pit stops, and that last lap, you know, I mean, he went for it. He thought Brad was going to go, gave him the gave him the push that would have won Brad Keselowski probably the Daytona 500. But Brad didn't want to leave his teammate in front of him. Um, and if you are a big NASCAR guy, you remember the Brian Vickers accident back in 
2006 oh, yeah. were on the backstretch. He bumped into Jimmy Johnson that took out um, Dale Earnhardt Jr. And Brian Vickers went on to win his first race. Um, I, Michael McDowell didn't do that on purpose. He, 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 he knew that it was time to go, but he had two teammates in front of him. So he gave Brad Keselowski the shot that he needs. He needed to win, and Keselowski decided that he was going to stick right there behind his teammate Logano and ended up punting him. And then uh, Michael McDowell was one of the the, the, the biggest upsets in NASCAR State Cup 500 history when it comes to the odd makers. But if you talk to him or if you talk to anybody in the in, in the garage, and a lot of guys mention this, you're not surprised because you know how consistent Michael McDowell has been. Oh, and by the way, Michael McDowell, you're going to win the Daytona 500 and then start the next race tomorrow on the road course, which you're very good at, and you have a top 10 finish on the Daytona road course. You're going to you're going to start that bad boy tomorrow on the front row. So what a week for Michael McDowell. I couldn't be happier for him. Um, the Love's Travel Stop Four looked great, and uh, it's I was I was ecstatic at 1 a.m. on Monday morning when he won. I could I couldn't believe it. I was excited, and I waited for that money to get into my uh, my betting account, which was super nice. <laughs> I bet. I mean, I know that the odds were, were were up there, so I'm sure it was a good good payday. Let's talk about uh, this weekend. Obviously, we had the truck race. Ben Rhodes wrapped up a perfect pair of race outings at Daytona, answering uh, his NASCAR his NASCAR Camping World Truck Series victory on the oval last week with a dramatic win. And on Friday night in the infield road course, uh, what are your thoughts, Ben Rhodes in the Truck Series, sir? Yeah, I mean Ben Rhodes is a guy who's only ra- he's I think he's only racing part time. He's got to share that ride, and he came out and said, "Look, uh, I won the first two races, so you guys got to figure out what you want to do with me because I'm now eligible for the championship. Do you want to keep me in this car, or can you find a second car for me to to run?" Um, you know, I'm surprised that race finally ended. I mean, it seemed like it took forever, but it was exciting. Uh, a lot of wrecking back in the pack, which led to um, you know things not going. The way up front, I thought Sheldon Creed had the best truck, but, you know, one of those final restarts with, I don't know, however many laps were left, um, you know, he got some damage, he, he got some fender rub, and, and that kind of slowed him down, and he ended up second. So um, what I think is cool about the truck series and what we've seen in the first two weeks is, is just how much Marcus Lamonis, the owner of Camping World, is interactive on Twitter, giving out RVs, um, you know, being mm-hmm. interactive with people, and talking about this series, it's something that I think IndyCar needs to look at and say, who can we get to maybe invest in our sport, give out some things, have some interaction, and uh, and, 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 and to get some more awareness on the sport. So um, I've always been a Truck Series fan. It's always been one of my favorite series to watch in, in all forms of racing. And uh, I'm looking forward to uh, more truck racing. we got a little bit of a little bit of time off, but we should see two more good races down at Daytona coming up this weekend. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And uh... Also got the road course coming up tomorrow as well, the O'Reilly Auto Parts uh, 253. Uh, of course, uh, Chase Elliott uh, has the the pole there. What are your thoughts on that race? Yeah, I mean, you know, Chase Elliott's a guy who's been dominant so far on these road course races the last five or six races out. Um, I think he has, he, you know, those guys that ran the Bush Clash, uh, you know, last Tuesday have a little bit more advantage because they know how this package works with these cars and they'll be able to use what they learned this past Tuesday, which Kyle Busch won at the end, um, and use that to, to, to set their car up. Chase Elliott is obviously number one favorite. Pretty cool that Michael McDowell will start up there in the front row. Ryan Blaney's always good on these tracks, um, and, and we'll see if anybody emerges that um, is going to want to 
um, really, really, you really show them prove that they're going to be contenders this year because to be a contender for the championship, you're going to absolutely have to be consistent on these road course races because they continue to add more and more road course races. So, um, yeah, it should be a good one tomorrow. I'm looking forward to some beating and banging and uh, looking forward to uh, road course getting things uh, going here earlier on in the season. You know, usually we got to wait until Sonoma in mid-June to see the first road course race, but we get it here in week number two, and I'm looking forward to it. Let's talk about Joey Logano and teammate Brad Koloski. Uh, as we have heard recently, they've not discussed the last lap crash in the Daytona 500 and in both of their chances of winning the 2021 NASCAR Cup uh, Series season opener. That's, you know, one of the things that you know is, is the gentleman's creed, if you will. You want to race and everybody's out there to win it. But at the same time, when you're teammates, there, there has to be that decision. And do you think that there, that there was a, you know, I'm going to take it uh, from Joey. Brad goes, no, I'm going to take it. Ended up in that big crash, which ultimately ended up allowing Michael Mandel to win. If you're Penske and you're, and you're the teammates and you're behind closed doors, what kind of conversations are you having between these two drivers? Are you, are you banging your fists on, on the desk? Are you cussing? Are you just are you trying to figure it out? Now, um, if, if, look, let's start from Roger Penske's side. I mean, you got to look. That, that dude's been in racing for 50 years. He knows that these things happen. Now, is it ideal to, to, to be involved in an accident at any time with your teammate? No, especially not the last turn of the, the Daytona 500. But with that being said, the, with, with what the product is in restrictor plate racing, and you always know that a wreck is inches away, you kind of know that this comes to the territory and this has a chance to happen. With that being said, I think Roger Penske has always taken the approach where, hey, protect your teammates, but on the last lap, it's every man for, it, for himself. Um, now, as far as the relationship between Joey Logano and Brad Keselowski, you know, look, Keselowski is a guy that his future is unknown. I mean, they, we've talked about, okay, is he going to be back in that car next year? Is there going to be movement? They re-signed him for one year. Is it a prove-it-to-me year? Yes, he's won a day to, he, yes, he's won the championship before. He's won big races like the Brickyard and the Southern 500. But you've got Ryan Blaney, who is ready to continue to prove that he should be a top-tier talent at Penske. You've got Austin Sendrick knocking on the door, who won in the Xfinity Championship last year won the Xfinity race this year, raced his way into the Daytona 500 last Thursday night, led laps and was in the top 10 of the Daytona 500 until that accident. Um, but as far as the relationship between Brad Keselowski and Joey Logano goes, I think Joey Logano has always been a whiner, has always seen it through only his glasses. And if I'm Brad Keselowski and I'm Joey Logano, I just say, look, all right, it happened. It's the end of the year, or it's the first race of the year. we got a whole year ahead of us. McDowell got a good push. Guys are trying to win the Daytona 500. Victim of circumstances, we move on to the next race. Um, I think Brad Keselowski was hungry to win the Daytona 500 for the first time. And, Le- and Logano just thought, hey, I got a teammate behind me. He'll protect me. But that, that teammate behind you can only protect you so much until that guy in third place goes to make a run or make a move. And when you've got a hungry guy like Michael McDowell and Austin Dillon right there, Chase Elliott, guys that are, that are wanting to win the Daytona 500, uh, that, that the teammate stuff kind of goes out the door. So I'm sure the relationship will be fine. Um, Brad Keselowski will continue uh, to be aggressive. I mean, he's, a, he's an aggressive driver, and I don't think Logano would have done anything different if he, was a, if he was in second compared to what Keselowski did when he was in second. 
We're talking with Tony Donahue from Tony T Podcast. Tony, uh, the, the big one, if you want to call it that, happened very early in the race. And certainly you know, my guy that I picked, Christopher Bell, was wrapped up in the middle of that as well as others. Man, what a disappointing uh, start it was. Uh, or, I could say what a disappointing start and finish as far as crashes go there at Daytona. Well, we knew that, we, we, like we talked about, we know there's going to be accidents. That is just a product of what the of the of the racing on super speedways is. Now, 14 laps into it, knocking out Ryan Blaney, Christopher Bell, Eric Almarola. Uh, when that wreck happens up front, it's it's like good luck. It's it's good luck to the rest of the field because if you get through it, great. If not, you don't. Could you imagine just the feeling, knowing that? 14 laps into the Daytona 500, the race that you prep for so, so much, and the race that you put everything into, you're wrecked out by lap 14, and the race gets rain delayed, so you're probably stuck in Daytona until after that race. You talk about guys like Matthew DiBenedetto, who is seems to always be up there, Ryan Blaney, who had a great car, Eric Almarola, who was leading, Alex Bowman, your pole winner, Ryan Newman, who was leading last year. We know what happened with him. Eric Jones, who's won at Daytona before. I mean, you knocked out Martin Truex Jr. had 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 a lot of had a lot of damage from that. You knocked out seven to eight contenders right off the top, and um, you know you, you never want to do that on lap fourteen. That's for sure. Tony, let's talk a little IndyCar real quickly here. Why why we still got you? Uh, certainly, yesterday we saw the. the uh, uh, and unveiling of the official uh, face or recognition, if you will, of Sato on, of the Indianapolis uh, 500 last year. Uh, we talked about this a little bit last last week, but we're, we're just less than 100 days away, I believe, from the Indianapolis 500. We also learned that James Hinchcliffe will carry Capstone backing at six events uh, this year. So that's a huge sponsor for Andretti as well. I mean, yeah, uh, you, you always when, when you've got the Andretti name. I mean, this is this is why Marco Andretti was in IndyCar for so long, and people always say, "Well, if his yeah, you're right. If his last name was an Andretti, no, he wouldn't have that ride." But if I'm a sponsor, and you come to me and say, "Hey, we've got Marco Andretti in this race car. Do you have interest?" <laughs> I'd be like, "Yeah, I know that last name." But if you came to me and said, "You know, Tim Smith," I'm who? I don't I don't know. So. Um, you know, they're always going to have sponsorship backing. I mean, I, I think it's nice to see some of these sponsors that come in to, to make sure that they stay, you know, make sure that they stay throughout a couple of years. It's not just simply, hey, they come in, they sponsor one race, and they leave, kind of like Smithville did a couple of years ago with Connor Daly. Um, yeah, James Hinchcliffe deserves to be out there. Looking forward to seeing what he can do. And uh, it should be one heck of a competitive IndyCar season this year. Um, I think, you've, you know, you've got you've – got, um, Gorhan coming in. You've got um, some some big time talent that is going to be racing. Uh, I think the series as a whole is 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 one of the most competitive series in IndyCar history in racing right now. Um, and I can't wait to see 35, 36 drivers at the Indianapolis 500 trying to vie for those 33 spots. It'll be fun. It'll be entertaining. And uh, as race fans, I mean, it's really what we need. Tony Donahue for the Tony D Podcast. Tony, I know you could only join us for 30 minutes today. I appreciate you joining us. Any final words of wisdom? What are you working on your podcast this week? Yeah, we, we're going to dive into college basketball a little bit deeper. 
um, and and what it means for the city of Indianapolis. Now we've learned that there's 25% capacity coming up for the NCAA tournament. How many of that 25% will be designated for, you know, the teams, the teams, friends and family of said teams? How many of it will be uh, available to the actual public? What this means for, 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 for bars locally here in Indianapolis and the economy here in Indy and, 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 and what the prototypes will be and what the protocols will be for these teams, you know, to get these tests, to stay quarantined in their hotel. And how many of these teams at the end of the day are going to look at their conference tournament and say, you know what, we're locked in the NCAA tournament. We know that we're going to the tournament, maybe like a Gonzaga, maybe a Houston, maybe some of these teams that do we really need to go play in our conference tournament and risk being in another city, risk possibly getting COVID and having to quarantine for two weeks and having some of our best players miss the NCAA tournament. So I think you're going to see a lot of, uh, a lot of teams decide to opt out of their conference tournaments. Tony, we appreciate you joining us. Where can people find your work and masterpieces, sir? Yep. Tony D Indy on Twitter. Um, you can check me out wherever you get your podcast, the Tony D podcast. We'll make sure we get your podcast up on social media. You have yourself a good weekend. Get rid of some of the snow for us, will you? Yeah, sounds good. Hopefully it's supposed to warm up here soon. I hope so, buddy. All right, we'll talk with you soon. Take care. Tony Donahue, the Tony D Podcast. Always enjoy having him on, talking with us a little bit about Carson Wentz, the Pacers, NASCAR, and IndyCar. You've got me uh, here for the next 30 minutes, and then we got Ed Kratz going to be diving, doing the deep dive on Carson Wentz, uh, more from the Eagles side than the Colts side of things. A lot to talk about with the NFL, and just kind of really kind of uh, dial in this trade that has happened in Indianapolis, because Again, the Eagles landed right here in Indianapolis. My name is Tom Mark with El Presidente. 917-889-8516 is our digits. We'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network. Hi, this is a good one. Kind of groove. Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. 
with over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like, Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like, early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. Morning face. You get is when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Right. No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mace. Ow, they're my eyes. Quit moving. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA, love your home. Oh, hi. Uh, hey. Seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so, um, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Lekwa Pique, which, of course, in the Indonesian language, oh, let me finish, in the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they... Investor philanthropists, do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes, but it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wanting. Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it. They make it fresh and roasted. Okay. Right. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. Maybe I'm blind, thinking I can see through this and see what's behind. Got no way to prove it, so maybe I'm lying. All right, welcome back to The Balance. One hour in the books. My name's Tom Marquis, I'm President Day. 917-889-8516 is our digits. Feel free to call in. We have got 30 minutes where we can talk about whatever you want to talk about. Carson wins the NFL NBA, uh, what have you. Obviously, also 
We're going to be getting into this conversation more in the coming weeks. Uh, but MLB is is getting their spring seasons, their spring training underway. Uh, so we'll get into some of that conversation here uh, in just a little bit. we got the preseason games coming up uh, as early as the 28th. Uh, so, you know, spring training is, is underway. And, and uh, you know, for you lo- people local here in Indianapolis, where we're located uh, high atop the Balance Studios in the west suburbs of Indianapolis, um, the Indianapolis Indians, which is the, the affiliate for the Pittsburgh Pirates, the AAA affiliate for the Pittsburgh Pirates, um, announced their schedule. So they'll be playing. As we know, that last year there was no AAA uh, baseball because of, of COVID. So hopefully this whole uh, COVID monster is uh, behind us. You know, one of the things, though, I also wanted to just take time and recognize uh, one of the greats in radio passed away this week, Rush Limbaugh. Uh, if you're not familiar with Rush Limbaugh, I, I, I don't know why. I just don't know why. Whether you liked him or didn't like him, certainly he had his uh, controversial subjects that he talked about, depending on what side of the fence that you want. I, everybody knows he's a conservative Republican, but he was a pioneer in uh, talk radio, and obviously that's what we are, and there's just a lot of uh, things that could be linked back to uh, uh, talk radio. So the passing of Rush Limbaugh, uh, we will we will always remember a legend like Rush Limbaugh. I personally am a fan, or was a fan, or am a fan of his. So I would be curious to see how the show uh, goes and, and takes off from here. Well, as you know, what we've been talking about is the Colts uh, picking up Carson Wentz. Uh, in a trade with the Philadelphia Eagles. And here in a few minutes, we are going to be talking with Ed Kratz from the Philadelphia Eagles uh, about that uh, that trade and, and how, it, how it came down. And, you know, there was a lot of talk with the Bears, so there's there was a lot of ins and outs of this trade. So we're going to make sure that we get all the, the back stories and front stories uh, that we can on Carson Wentz uh, uh, coming to Indianapolis. In the meantime, also grab you some Black Rifle coffee. It's good stuff. It's good coffee. I, I, I'm personally having Blackbeard's Delight. The great thing about it, you, you join their, their club. You can sign up for however many bags that you think that you'll drink in a two-week period. Every 14 days, they'll send you. Uh, uh, I do one bag, but you can do two bags, three bags, whatever it is. And they have all kinds of merchandise from uh, coffee mugs to baseball caps to shirts, you name it, Black Rifle uh, Coffee Company. And what they do, though, what's the really great part about them is that they partner with the armed forces uh, and the, the first responders and the troops, and they supply coffee. So every time that you buy a bag, they match a bag. So in other words, if you buy two bags, they send two bags. And the great thing about it, I choose the Army, but you can choose the Navy, Coast Guard, Air Force, or uh, first responders. Uh, they they send a bag uh, to them uh, to enjoy uh, Black Rifle coffee. Uh, so uh, that is what you should be doing. <laughs> My name is Tom Marquisel Presidente. We were talking with Matt Hicks earlier about um, about the Carson Wentz trade and Carson Wentz landing in Indianapolis. Um, really, he, he's here in town now, the way I understand it, just less than 24 hours after the Colts agreed to acquire him in a trade with the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, but not before bidding adieu to the franchise. Hey, you didn't think I could say that word, did you? <laughs> 
<laughs> so we'll, we'll, we'll see what this this trade means. Obviously, the, the the there's some uh, trade picks, and so we'll see how it all plays out and how uh, the Colts. Uh, Tend to, to do it. Uh, it's a quote, uh, Carson Wentz, what a journey. Wentz wrote, more than anything, I will miss my teammates. Thank you. I appreciate every one of you and will never forget the relationships and the memories that we have made over the years. So many lifelong relationships have been formed in that locker room. Uh, that, And I thank you for the fellowship, the camaraderie in the locker room and the daily battles in the practice field. And uh, that was you know, a, a statement. He goes on to say to the city of Philadelphia, thank you. You have been my home for the past five years. And it's been, it's been everything to a kid from Bismarck, North Dakota uh, could have dreamed of. So we do know that he, he did mean a, a lot to, to the fans. And, and certainly we're going to get into this more, but there's a kid, a, a podcaster, and we're working on getting him on the show. Uh, Giovanni, He's a he's a young kid. He has a uh, genetic disease that has lots of surgeries. Uh, befriended uh, Carson Wentz, and he posted a really emotional video. We tried to get it on there, we couldn't get it downloaded. Maybe we can get it uh, up on social media uh, for you. But uh, certainly take a look at that, and we're going to be talking with uh, Ed Kratz in more detail about the impact that. Carson Wentz had on not only Giovanni, but the, the city of Philadelphia. And we look for that to carry over here to Indianapolis. And I mean, a lot of fans are like, you know, Hey, <laughs> you got a lot to prove to me. And that is certainly, but you know, we said the, the, the same thing about Philip Rivers and, you know, here's, I keep saying this, I know it sounds like a broken record, but we have got to get past, that Peyton Manning is no longer our, our, our quarterback. And we're not going to have a Peyton Manning. It, it would be great if if a Peyton Manning-type caliber quarterback landed in our laps here in Indianapolis, but I don't see it happening. And it isn't Carson Wentz. And I, I know that a lot of people saying, well, he's got a lot to prove. And we talked to, to Matthew Hicks a little bit earlier, and Matthew, you know, likes to trade, so, so that makes sense. And here's the thing, though, like Tony said, there's a lot of holes that we have to fill inside of the of the Indianapolis Colts. We've got to look at some of these wide receivers that are out there in the free agency. We talked a little bit about, about uh, Julio Jones and J.J. Watts. J.J. Watts would be a great uh, fit here in Indianapolis. So a lot of Fans are uh, not so happy about Carson Wentz, uh, and maybe what they're looking at is his unproductive years that he had in Carson, that Carson had there in Philadelphia. Again, we'll get into more of this with uh, Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and SI.com here in in just a few minutes. So if you want to give us a call, 917-889-8516 is our, is our digits. And we can certainly break, break that down for you. But basically here, here's what's happened. The Indianapolis Colts have acquired Carson Wentz in a trade. Uh, so he's going to be the next quarterback. And guess what didn't happen? Peyton Manning did not come out of retirement. Andrew Luck did not come out of retirement. 
Philip Rivers did not say he wasn't going to retire. So guess what? We have a new quarterback, and that's uh, Carson uh, Carson Wentz. So, you know, we were talking a little bit earlier with with uh, uh, Matt about this and just the the different uh, thoughts on this. So, you know, what what are your thoughts on 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 Carson Wentz and and where where do we go from here? I mean, I guess that's that's where we're at. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm sorry. I thought I'd lost. Okay. No, I'm good. We're good. <laughs> My name's Tom Marcus. We're going to take a quick break and regroup. We'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network. Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike... You know, dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. 
GEICO makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on GEICO.com or the GEICO mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh my god, it talks! Run! No, it's me, Linda from HR. It looks hungry! Save the children! Save them! Stay back! I've got mace! Ow! That went in my eyes! Quit moving! It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. Oh, hi. Uh, hey. I've seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so I don't, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Lequa Pique, which of course in the Indonesian, like, oh, let me finish. In the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they investor philanthropists? Do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes, but it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wondering. Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it. They make it fresh and roasted. Okay. Right. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. I don't wanna be at And I don't ever wear a suit and tie I Wondering if I can sneak up the back Nobody's even looking me in my eye Can you take my hand Finish my drink, say shall we dance Hell yeah You know I love you, did I ever tell you You make it better like that Don't think I fit in at this party Everyone's got so much to say yeah. I always feel like I'm National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. 
I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mates. Ow, they're my eyes. Quit moving. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. Oh, hi. Uh, hey. Seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so, um, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Lekwa Pique, which, of course, in the Indonesian language, oh, let me finish, in the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they... Investor philanthropists, do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes, but it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wanting. Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it. They make it fresh and yeah, roasted. Okay. Right. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good.
Okay, I'm back. Just realized I may have been talking on mute that whole entire segment last time. Uh, Ed, can you hear me now? <laughs> yes, I can hear you. Can you hear me? <laughs> I can hear you just fine. I just realized that my mic was on mute, so I wonder if I just spent that entire segment talking to myself with my mic on mute. I don't know. <laughs> I have to go back and listen. I hope not. I hope yeah. not either, because I, I was going, I was going on a, going on a rant. So, oh uh, well, that's all good. It's all good. Hey, uh, Ed, we brought you on. Obviously, you're always welcome to come on here, but we brought you on, of course, about the big news that's happening. And Carson Wentz, a lot of news to talk about with the Philadelphia Eagles. Obviously, the biggest, though, Carson Wentz, after five years, leaves uh, 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 Philadelphia to, to join back up with uh, head coach Frank Reich. Uh, a lot of people say that, you know, not, not the greatest – Moves that could have happened, a lot of fans not happy, just like a lot of fans weren't happy when Philip Rivers came here. As I've said before, we've got to move on past the fact that Peyton Manning is no longer our quarterback, and we've got to be able to accept who's here. And I, I like the trade. I think it makes sense. I think it, it makes sense for Carson. And obviously, you know, we could say that he had one really good year and has has went downhill since then, but that one good year was with Frank Reich. And I know you cover the Philadelphia Eagles, and uh, you have been uh, uh, neck deep into the story in for quite a while. So we're going to turn it over to you, sir. Tell us how it finally came about, because I know there were some uh, thoughts that it wouldn't come together with the Colts. Uh, and just to talk with us about the locker room and just talk with us about the story in general. Sum it up how uh, Carson Wentz ended up here in Indianapolis. Yeah, that, that's a lot to sum up here, but let, let me just say, if you're a Colts <laughs> fan, I mean, <laughs> yeah, if if you're a, a Colts fan, I mean, what what were your alternatives? Who would you have rather have had at this stage of the game to play quarterback for you in 2021? Look at the choices. Deshaun Watson would have cost you a king's ransom, um, and the, and Texans are saying they don't even want to trade him, and it might you might have had to wait until draft weekend before that deal would get done. Um, so who else? Sam Darnold? I mean, you know, I, I don't think fans would have been happy with him either. Um, it, it seems like Carson was probably the best of what you could politely term, a, a, you know, a, an okay crop of quarterbacks to pick from. And if I was the Colts, I would gamble on Carson Wentz. Um, you say he had the one good year in 2017, but, you know, he also had good seasons in 18 and 19. Um, there was 18, not so much, but 2019, just two years ago, he, the Eagles were sitting at five and seven, and he led them to four straight wins. He threw ten inter, or ten touchdowns to one interception in a five-game stretch where the Eagles won four out of five to get into the playoffs. And you wonder what would have happened had he not suffered a concussion in you know the first few minutes of that playoff game against the Seahawks uh, and was knocked out of the game. So you know, I think Carson. Um, there was a lot that went wrong with the Eagles last year. Uh, so many different things, you know, you could point to the injuries and some of the dysfunction and, uh, you know, some of the, maybe the questionable draft picks by Howie Roseman, nobody was really able to step up. Um, and, you know, Carson became disenchanted and uh, that kind of led to his season, but yeah, I think he's a fixable quarterback. I think it's a good deal for the Colts, especially when you consider you only gave up a third round pick in this year's draft, it still has the Colts sitting at 21. I think it's 21. They're somewhere in that range here in the first round, and they need a left tackle, and that's prime territory to get one of the good left tackles probably in the draft. So uh, they didn't have to give up a first until next year, possibly, if Carson Wentz does recapture his game and 
uh, is able to stay healthy. That's kind of, to me, the biggest issue with Carson is his health. You know, he's had the two torn knee ligaments. He's had the back issue, the concussion. When he was at North Dakota State, he had a wrist injury. Um, so you hope behind that great offensive line the Colts have, they'll be able to keep Carson healthy for 16 games and, and put the Colts in the in the running for at least making the AFC title game. Um, because I think Frank Reich and, and Press Taylor and Mike Groh uh, will help him turn, a, turn, a, turn his season or his career, I should say, back around. Um, as far as how it all went down, I think the Colts came out and were the initial ones to make an offer. And Howie probably said, well, let me get back to you and let me see what I can do to kind of maybe drive up the price or the return, I should say, for Carson. Um, and then you heard all the stories about the Bears and their crazy offer of a one and Tariq Cohen and Nick Foles. And I've been told that, you know, that that really was never the offer. Um and the Eagles couldn't find any takers. No one else was interested. So I think the Colts came up a little bit on their price and what they were going to give back. Um, and, uh, and that's how it got done. You know, I mean, it makes sense for the Eagles. They needed to move on. It makes sense for the Colts. It's better to have quarterback stability, you know, at this stage of the game, rather than wait until free agency. And then even the draft, um, because now you know who your quarterback's going to be, you know, what your salary cap, how to budget him in for the salary cap. So, you know, to have this deal done now rather than later, I think makes sense for both teams. We're talking with Ed Crabtree, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles, and you mentioned that, that strong offensive line. Obviously a big part of that is Kenny Moore. And uh, Kenny Moore uh, wasted no time about saying that he was uh, excited about having uh, Carson Wentz. And, and uh, we follow him on Twitter, Kenny Moore, uh, Kenny Moore 3. Uh, he says, I'm about to uh, FaceTime with uh, Wentz. He better pick up. Congrats to Carson. And then he, he did tweet out his uh, conversation from FaceTime. I just got off the phone with the new boy on the block. Uh, get a horse ready for him. And one of the, the great things, and we talked about this last night, and I appreciate you helping us uh, try to, to get him on the show in the near future here. Giovanni Hamilton uh, certainly has, has become known as a – uh, Eagles super fan. He's been uh, seen on various different uh, things. I noticed a video that he posted uh, that really was emotional attachment that he had to Carson Wentz, and, I, and we're going to have it up on social media. I know I shared it with with you. And one of the things that that he talked about is that we were going to get a good one, and so uh, Kenny Moore tweeted out to uh, Giovanni uh, at real. Giovanni, I believe, for bringing us Carson. He's in great hands, buddy. And let us know whenever you want to visit Lucas Oil. We'll make it happen. Uh, love you. Love to you. Sorry. Kenny Mo 3 uh, said, I know you – he replied back to him, this is what this is what uh, Giovanni said to, to, to Kenny Moore. I know you guys are going to take really good care of him. You guys are going to have such a good fun, fun winning football games together. Love the Colts are awesome, too. I would love to come visit as soon as I'm safe, man. Thank you. You guys are my AFC team. AFC team. So that, I think, sums up a lot of how the emotions are, especially with this this fan. And I know you know this kid a lot. Uh, uh, talk with us a little bit about what your thoughts on, on that particular video and, and the, the Twitter exchange between the Colts uh, cornerback, uh, Kenny Moore, and, and uh, Giovanni Hamilton. 
Yeah, Giovanni, I, I know pretty well. I've gotten to know, I should say, probably in the last year here. Um, very, such a great kid, thirteen or fourteen year old uh, young adult who um, has his own podcast, believe it or not, um, and he does a good job. He gets some good guests. He's had Philadelphia Eagles on there. He's had Zach Ertz on there and um, some others. And you know, him and Carson uh, kind of got to know each other. You know, Giovanni. Uh, has had, uh, you know, many, many health issues, uh, you know, some, you know, he was born with, and he's had probably 40 surgeries on him in his life, and just a tough, tough kid, and always a great attitude, um, but him and Carson uh, Giovanni went to a training camp practice, uh, I, I don't know how long ago, maybe two years ago, three years ago, I'm not sure, but, uh, you know, Giovanni was in a wheelchair coming out of a surgery, and him and Carson really bonded, you know, Carson stopped to talk to him leaving a practice one day and Giovanni broke down in tears and said, you're my hero, man. And, you know, I love you and I'm always going to root for you. And, you know, that kind of went viral back then. And, um, you know, Giovanni, we tried to get him on the today, um, on the show today. And at some point I think he will, but he just came out of another surgery recently and he had a doctor's appointment this morning. But, um, when you talk to him and when you see him, you know, I've, only really seen him on zoom and i remember that that moment that he shared with carson because i kind of videoed that and i don't know where the video is or i took a picture of it but you know i remember that moment when carson came off the field and bent over to this boy who was in a wheelchair with his hair dyed green and um crying it was a great great moment uh and then the last year i've gotten to know him and you know he's really a very inspirational young man um i hope we can get him on his mother said that you know we'll I told her it's a standing offer and, um, yeah, you know, we'll absolutely. see about it, but you know, he had, he had the doctor's appointment this morning and, you know, he, him and Carson really have a nice bond that they've uh, kind of uh, grown with over the last couple of years. So, uh, he, he's always going to root for Carson. And now that he's in Indianapolis, he's going to be a big Colts fan. I don't think he'll dye his hair blue because he still bleeds Eagles green, but, <laughs> uh, you can ask him that when you have him on. <laughs> hey, I, I tell you what, I, I and a lot of this just my association with you. I've really followed the Eagles over the last several years, and and so the the Eagles are my NFC team. That's for sure. So I'm rooting for great success. Let's talk about the quarterback situation as it exists now. It's not guaranteed to any one particular person right now, from what I understand, from what I, my readings are. So that job is up up for hire. So. Uh, they're going to be competing uh, for that. I believe it's Jalen Hurts that you guys have lined up, but it's he's not he's not the presumptive quarterback. What are your thoughts? What's going to happen next for the Philadelphia Eagles in the quarterback situation? Yeah, well, you know, you can even say that with the Colts. I mean, you have Carson and and the kid from last year. They drafted Eason, uh, and then who? Um, you know, who are they going to bring in? You know, obviously Wentz is going to be, you know, QB number one once camp starts. Um, as far as the Eagles hurts is the only quarterback on the roster at this point. So, um, you know, they're, my understanding is, is they really want Jalen hurts to be the starter, but they're just not going to give a 22 year old kid the job after four games last year, a second round pick. And especially under new coach, Nick Sirianni, who wants to have competition at every position. So whoever they bring in, whether it's through the draft, uh, or free agency, and there's going to be a competition. And I think there's going to be competition at a lot of spots uh, on the Eagles. And, of course, the quarterback competition will draw most of the attention because it is the quarterback spot. But, um, you know, I, they want Hurts to win it. I mean, Hurts was a big reason why this whole thing with Carson went south, uh, to be honest. And the, the front office, Allie Roseman and owner Jeffrey Lurie, they believe in Jalen Hurts. 
but again, they're going to go through this competition and they're going to see who wins the competition, whether or not they bring in a first round pick at number six overall, or try to trade up or back to get, you know, one of these quarterbacks, Justin Fields, Ohio state or Trey Lance, another kid from North Dakota state, just like Wentz. Uh, I don't know yet. Um, I suspect that they will take a quarterback in the first round, but they could be saying that to try to drive up the price. So maybe they can trade back with Carolina at eight. Carolina is looking for a quarterback. Denver at nine is looking for a quarterback. And then what role does Deshaun Watson play in all of this? Will one of those teams jump up to, you know, trade that pick to, to get Deshaun Watson. So I don't know what the Eagles are going to do. I fully expect them to take a quarterback to bring in to compete with Hertz whether that's one of the guys at number six or they go, you know, into the second day. Now they have two third round picks. One of them was the Colts. I could see them taking a QB there. I've been told they like KJ Costello kid from Mississippi state. They also like Davis Mills from Stanford. Um, And then Kyle Trask, the Florida quarterback Heisman finalist has a a history uh, with their new quarterback coach, Brian Johnson, who was the offensive coordinator at Florida this year. So, you know, it could be any of those guys or it could be none of them, uh, you know, but I expect it to be somebody to bring in through the draft and even free agency. I mean, you know, maybe Jacoby Brissett makes sense. I don't know what he's going to cost, um, but, you know, him and Jalen Hurts, I think, have kind of a similar skill set in some regards. So maybe it's Brissett they bring in as a free agent or uh, there's a lot of talk about Tyrod Taylor perhaps being the sort of veteran guy they bring in. So there's going to be two guys coming in and they're going to compete with Hertz. But right now Hertz is the front runner before they even have thrown a pass, just because I know the front office wants him to win that job. We're talking with Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and SI.com. You know, to talk with you a little bit about the Colts fans base, uh, there's, it's kind of a, a mixed reaction. I personally think it makes sense. I personally think that, He'll do good here. Uh, I don't think that he'll will get to the Super Bowl next year, but I don't, I'm not going to put that on on the shoulders of, of Carson Wentz. There's a lot of things that we have to uh, put together. We have to look at uh, – uh, we have to get another pretty good wide receiver. I mean, uh, uh, T.Y. Hilton is great when he, when he shows up. There needs to be somebody else there. But, you know, here – and the other aspect of it, we talk about names like Julio Jones from – uh, the Falcons, uh, he would be a good fit here, but he's also late in his career, so we're not really solving uh, the T.Y. Hilton uh, problem there. So here's the thing that I uh, that I propose uh, to you. I know I've seen you talk a little bit about the Chargers uh, making some negotiation for Zach Ertz. Would it make Col- uh, sense for the Colts to go after another Eagle and tie in Zach Ertz? Even though we got Jack Doyle doing a great job, he can't carry that whole load himself, and I think that Zach Ertz would offer a great slot opportunity for Carson Wentz, and they're familiar with each other. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, Doyle's more of a blocking tight end. I mean, he's he's adequate in the pass game. He's not a volume pass catcher or, you know, big yards guy. I mean, Ertz has shown that in his career. Now, he's another guy that is coming off a bad year, and you you probably could get him for, you know, dollars on the penny or whatever. <laughs> Pennies on the dollar, I guess, what to say. <laughs> but you could probably get him for like a, a late-round pick, you know, a fifth, sixth, something like that. Uh, we're waiting for the Eagles to release him, which, you know, gosh, I would think that there would be a team out there that would give up something to assure that they had Ertz on their team rather than trying to bid for him on the open market against, you know, some teams like the Seahawks, who I think would be interested. And the Chargers are now in the mix, and the Packers were in the mix last year, and the Ravens. So, you know, if you're a team like Indianapolis and 
you know, even Seattle, I don't know why you would just say, okay, here's a sixth rounder, take it or leave it. You can cut them if you want, uh, but we'll give you a six right now. And, you know, that's going to be good value, I think, for a player who's 30 years old, um, who I think still has a future ahead of him um, and would certainly be an upgrade for the Colts and the Seahawks and other teams, the, the Packers, the team with Robert Tanyan and, uh, you know, Ravens like their tight ends. But I think he would be good in, with the Colts, given his familiarity with Carson. The two of them have had, you know, big seasons together. Uh, and he would be a, a really good addition uh, to that lineup. I, I thought maybe there was a chance Ertz would be included. But then when you look at it, uh, you know, in that deal for Carson, but when you look at it, that's a big, two big salaries that you're taking on. And you mentioned yourself, you, you'd like to get a receiver in there. I think Hilton's a free agent, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he will be, yeah. But to get a really, to get a really good receiver is going to cost you, you know, 10 to $15 million a year. And I think the Colts would probably rather spend that money there than take on Ertz's contract, which is $8 million for the season. You could renegotiate with them, give them a long-term deal and spread that money out. And maybe that's what will end up happening. But, you know, right now he's, he's an expensive piece to add for, teams that I think are looking at maybe getting receiver help on top of, you know, before they prioritize tight ends. So uh, the Colts certainly could use a, a receiver, like you said, and they, you know, maybe Michael Pittman takes that next step up and him and Carson develop a good chemistry together. Um, certainly a good piece to have in the room, but you need more. Pascal, I think. Zach Pascal, I think, yeah, comes I, back. I'm I really a fan of I'm really a fan of Michael Pittman. I really think he's going to be a, a huge upcoming star with the Indianapolis Colts. I saw this week also that the Eagles, uh, for the second time since March of 2014, uh, released uh, uh, wide receiver Deshaun Jackson. He's out there. Does he make sense for the Colts? Well, you know, look, he's been hurt the last two years. I think he's played in just a handful of games these last two years. He's 34 years old, still has speed. But, you know, he he could be – I think he's at the end. Um, You know (laughs) – He's depending on what he'll play for. I mean, he could interest some teams, um, but you know, you really have to wonder about his health these last couple seasons. He, he just has not been able to stay healthy, and you know, he's not getting any younger. Um, maybe you can get him on the cheap and try to you know keep him healthy and minimize his snaps and use him for the big play, the home run. I mean, he's the you know he's got the NFL record for most touchdown catches over I think 40 yards, even more than Jerry Rice had in his career. So you know, he's a home run hitter. And if you manage him right, maybe you can get him through 16 games. But he hasn't played a full 16 games since, you know, his mid-20s. Um, so he'd be a risk. And, I, and there's going to be other guys out there. I know the Eagles are probably going to cut Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, you know, if you believe in him, maybe you bring in Jeffrey um, for, for, again, pennies on the dollar. Uh, and there's going to be some other receivers that uh, could entice him. I like Allen Robinson, but he's one of those guys that's going to be in the high-rent district. Um <clears throat> So it depends what the Colts want to spend at, at that position to bring somebody in to take T.Y. Hilton's place. And maybe they even try to bring Hilton back. I, I don't know. Um, but that's the one thing, like we talked about earlier, with knowing now your quarterback and what you have to budget to put him into your salary cap. Now you have some cost certainty that you, you can play with, and um, it's already budgeted. So now you know what you have to spend, and now you can start moving on to your uh, next item of business. 
Talking with Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles, SI.com, our official NFL contributor. Ed, appreciate you coming on and breaking down this trade with the, the Carson Wentz and, and Indianapolis Colts. Obviously, that's one of the biggest news in the NFL right now. There's a lot of uh, free agents to, to keep an eye on. Uh, so, you know, we, we, we'll keep an eye on some of those and see how the Colts do and how, how the uh, Eagles uh, react in, in the free agency. Uh, we've got just a few minutes left. We're going into the offseason here with the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, talk with us a little bit about what the Eagles are, what their battle plan for 2021 is, sir. Well, right now it's getting, you know, within the salary cap compliance. Um, they're about $45 million still over the salary cap. The NFL set the ceiling or the floor this week at $180 million. That could probably go up a couple million. But uh, after they released the Sean Jackson, there's about $45, $44 million still over the cap. They'll cut Jeffrey. They'll probably cut Malik Jackson. Um, and they've got to make some moves. They have to restructure some deals. But that's the first order of business for them is trying to find a way to get down below the salary cap so they can become free agent players when the new league year starts on March 17th. Uh, and then once it does, I don't expect them to make too big of a splash just because of the money situation. Um, so they're going to kind of be shopping in the bargain aisles for, for some guys, maybe some players that, you know, fans may not even have heard of. Um, but, uh, and then after that, that, you know, then you look toward the draft and they have the sixth pick and, like we talked about, it could be a quarterback. You know, to me, they need a wide receiver. They've spent a lot of resources on receivers already. They drafted three last year, including their first rounder, Jalen Rager. Um, they spent a second round pick the year before. So would they go again with a first round pick? I think they need to. I think they need a true number one on this team. So maybe Jamar Chase or Devontae Smith's in play. Um, but, you know, they have some holes. They need a defensive tackle. Their defensive tackle group's aging. Um, so I would look, you know, they've got needs all over the place, safe cornerback. Uh, I mean, take your pick. Uh, that's going to be their battle plan first though, getting into the salary cap compliance, seeing if they can plug a couple holes with some low, you know, some bargain free agents and then going into the draft and trying to fill some other, uh, needs. Ed, we appreciate you joining us uh, today. Uh, Carson Wentz uh, says goodbye to the, uh, Philadelphia uh, and says hello to the Indianapolis Colts. He arrives in style. Jim Mercy flew him in town yesterday in his uh, private jet. Uh, so we'll see what the redheaded kid from North uh, Dakota can do. Any final thoughts or wor- words of wisdom for us, sir? Well, I guess – the Colts are gonna. The Colts fans are gonna have to figure out a new slogan for Wentz. I know here in Philadelphia he was Wentzylvania. Uh, it was Wednesday instead of Wednesday. Uh, you know the Wentz wagon. Um, you know, so now it's up to the Colts to find a, a nickname for their new quarterback. And you know, listen, I I hope he does well for Indianapolis. I still think he can. He's only 28 years old. I. If I'm a Colts fan, I'd be excited, you know. I mean, it's kind of a unique situation the Colts are in. This is their fourth season in a row now with four different starting quarterbacks. I I can't think of another team that has had that kind of turnover at that position. So, you know, Wentz has a chance if, you know, he can turn his game around and stay healthy to be a guy that maybe gives you some stability at that position. To be honest, I'd rather have him than Sam Darnold. Uh, or, or uh, Derek Carr or Marcus Mariota or Jacob Eason or, you know, anybody. I mean, to me, he would have been, like I said, at the top of, a, of an average group that was available, and you hope that you can turn him around uh, with Reich and, and Press Taylor and, uh, 
Uh, I think they will. I really do. I think he'll, it's like I said, the health to me is the bigger issue than, you know, the down year that he had last year. You hope he can stay healthy and, and uh, become the guy in Indianapolis for the next few years. Well, we certainly hope so, and our fingers crossed for that. Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles, SA.com, our official NFL contributor, helping us break down the big news in the NFL today. The uh, Philadelphia Eagles uh, traded Carson Wentz uh, to be a, the quarterback here in Indianapolis. Uh, Ed, where can people find your work in Masterpieces, sir? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Kratzy, K-R-A-C-Z-E, or find me on the SI site, SI.com, slash NFL, slash Eagles. All right, buddy. Yeah, have yourself a good weekend. Let's get rid of some of the snow, would you? <laughs> yeah, man, I'm trying. I'm gonna get my my flamethrower out and take take it out and start heating some of this stuff up. We're we're buried here. <laughs> I actually saw a, a guy actually do that on social media, so it went viral. So you, you just Google that, you'll see it. <laughs> a guy actually. Okay, did good, that. man. Good. I'm gonna go to a, right, a rental store and see if I can get a rent one of those. I don't know if they rent them or, or you know I have to go on the the, the dark web to buy one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. Have yourself a good day. All right, thanks, Tom. You too, buddy. Ed Kratz, beat writer for Philadelphia Eagles, joining us and helping us break down this big trade between the uh, Colts and the Philadelphia Eagles, bringing uh, the uh, Carson Wentz to, to the quarterback position here in Indianapolis. Thank you, Matthew Hicks, Tony Donahue from the Tony D Podcast, Ed Kratz. My name's Tom Marcus, El Presidente. Remember to uh, uh, follow us on Twitter at T-Balance, Facebook, search The Balance, and download the podcast anywhere you get your podcast at. And if you're listening to us on the podcast right now, just hit like, subscribe, and uh, so that uh, you'll you'll get an alert every time that we load. The great thing about our podcast, wrong button there, is that our show is the podcast. My name is Tom Marquis. El Presidente, don't drink and drive. It isn't cool. I'm out of here. Deuces. <laughs>